Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. To guard it like <laughs> as a stronghold built around your heart because you never let anybody see what's really there. But uh, if, if we're going to actually be the, be the church and not just be a social group that shows up at the same place together on Sunday mornings and sings some songs and uh, hears some speaking and uh, hopes that God somehow likes what we're doing. Uh, I, I think all of us have had enough of that. Uh, we we want to see what this looks like when we we really do it. And you know we we've been on this journey now. This this actually uh, would be our this Sunday today uh, it is the seventh anniversary birthday of of this fellowship um, so that's that's kind of cool to me and yeah <laughs> this church plants are a lot like uh, new business startups it's a fairly small percentage that make it this this far so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and God has had us on a journey. And uh, it, it really, it feels like after Wednesday night that, that we're, we're stepping into a new stage of the journey. Uh, and, you know, that will very likely be uncomfortable for most of us. Because when... When we step out of our comfort zone and we, we step into something that is new and different and, and real, uh, a lot of us, we, we're, as humans, we're wired in this strange way that, that we, we want the new and, and the, the exciting because we we can get bored with the old and, and, and the common and, and the known, but we, we want the new on our own terms. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm right. I'm a human. <laughs> uh, but the Lord doesn't work that way. If, if we want... His new things, because uh, we we only get his new things on his terms, and 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 that is the truth. If if you have experienced some new things in God, it's it's because you've been willing to humble yourself and do it His way to get there, because. Uh, the favor of the Lord and, and the blessing of the Lord is through obedience. And, you know, Wednesday night we, we had a, a serious time of repentance. And uh, John Wimber used to say this, this phrase that the way in is the way on. And it's repentance that he was talking about. That the way into the kingdom is the way that we move on in the kingdom. And the way in was to recognize that, that we were a mess, that we deserved death and judgment from God for how we had lived our lives. And, and we 
came to him and, and we repented. We said, I, these are your ways. This is the way that I've been living. I, I want to live this way. I, I don't want to live that way anymore. I, so help me to live this way. And by the grace of God and by what Jesus paid for us, we, we come into the kingdom. And the only way that we move on in the kingdom is by continuing to do that same thing. Because, you know, unless you've fully arrived and you're, uh, you have fully uh, formed within you the nature of Christ, then there are still those things in your life where you will have to say, if you want to go on with God, God, this is your way. This is the way I have been living. I, I repent and I, I want to live your way. Help me, give me grace, forgive me, and, and move me on. And, and that is, is what Wednesday night was all about. See, repentance is, is not about penance, about making ourselves feel really bad because God's ways are these ways and the way we've been living is this way. Uh, Jesus took all the punishment for us. So we, there's no reason, there's just wasted time in, in beating ourselves up. But that doesn't mean we don't need to continue to repent and change. Because until Christ is fully formed within us, and I'm, I'm telling you that if Christ was fully formed in any one of us or anyone on this planet, that person would be a, a walking revival just like Jesus was when he walked the earth. And I've not seen it, heard it on the news, read about it. Uh, it it's not happening yet. So we, we all have to get there. Okay. So, Lord, where, where do we need to go today? Lord, we just wait on you. Lord, get us, get us used to this. Waiting in your presence. Whether we can feel it or not. Thank you, Lord. Well... I think it's time to take a look at Deuteronomy 11 and 12. I, I've alluded to this um, <clears throat> recently that uh, the Lord reminded me of this during sabbatical that after the first solemn assembly that, that I was a part of, uh, I, I really started to seek the Lord about, you know, what what is church supposed to be like? Because everything I've experienced up to now, and this was back in 1996, everything that I've experienced up to now, I I don't think is very representative of what you really had in mind. So, help me. And, and so the, the strangest thing happened. I, I'm, I'm probably reading the Bible through in a year, and it's March, and I'm in Deuteronomy. And 
he starts to speak to me about what the church is supposed to be like in Deuteronomy 11 and 12. You, you would not think that, that that would be a passage that the Lord would use to, to speak about the New Testament church. But when, when you consider that the people of Israel who, who left Egypt and, and went into the wilderness, uh, they, they were called the church in the wilderness in, in the Septuagint, which is, was the Latin translation of, of the Bible. Uh, and, and they're commonly referred to as, as the church in, in the wilderness by Bible scholars. Uh, they were the people of God in the wilderness. They, they didn't know <laughs> what it looked like to be the people of God. They, they had been in Egypt for 400 years, and, and they, they'd been slaves for a, a good part of that. Uh, they, they were not walking in a lot of revelation of, of God, uh, especially as, as a people. Uh, I'm sure there were a few hanging in there who, who were seeking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, but but they, they had hard lives. And, and the Lord, in bringing them out into the wilderness, was... He was bringing a, a people out of Egypt, and Egypt is, is the, a picture of the world. So he, he was taking a people for himself out of the world, and, and he, he put them in the wilderness. So, you know, for, for those who, who have a, a theology that... The Christian life is supposed to be easy and nice and God only wants us to be happy. Uh, that's not a biblical theology. Uh, this, this was hard. And now, now God did not make it exceedingly difficult for them, but at times it, it appeared so. I mean, when, when you're walking around in the wilderness and there's no water, what, what do you do? Well, what, what they did is they started complaining. Complained about Moses, complained about God, complained about, well, maybe we should just go back to Egypt. Because at, at least there we had... Control. That's what they had in Egypt. <laughs> they, they could drink when they wanted to. They could eat when they wanted to. They could sleep when they wanted to. Um, and, and that is the default position that we all would like to be in all the time. We, we would like to be in control. But when, when we step into God's kingdom, we, we are relinquishing that control. How, however partially that relinquishment may be. <laughs> And I'm telling you, in the beginning, it's, it's pretty darn partial. Because he, he has to move us a long way to begin to relinquish more control. And, you know, this, this is really a word for, for us today. Okay? Uh, because... The, the warfare 
that, that we are in right now. And, and we, we are in intensifying warfare right now, if, if you hadn't noticed. But the primary warfare that, that we are in right now, each one of us, is, is individually warring against our own old nature to, to get into faith and obedience as, as a way of life. Because we, in the future, we are not going to be in control, and in the future, we are not going to have the illusion of control. If, if we're going to make it in the future, it's, it's because we've settled our dependence on God, and, and we are listening to him, and we're doing what he says. At, at, at this stage in, in history right now, we, we can live with the illusion of control, that, that we are in control of our lives, and that is because we, we can eat when we want to and drink when we want to and sleep when we want to and go where we want to and associate with who we want to, and, and we can do all those things. There, there will come a time, I mean, this, this time's come in a lot of the Christian world right now where Christians have to be really careful about who they associate with. Because with. if they associate with the wrong people, they're going to end up dead. And, I mean, this, this is happening on a large scale in very many places right now. Uh, and if, if it's not being killed, it's being put in prison, which uh, in China, the persecution is ramping up again against the church, and more and more leaders of the real church movement in China are being put in prison. And in fact, right now, I think I want to stop and I want to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, and I encourage you all to do this every day. Because I'm, I'm not telling you that persecution is coming to America, but it, it wouldn't surprise me the way things are headed. And Jesus certainly warned all of his followers to be prepared for it. He says, hey, if they treated me this way, what do you think they're going to do to you? So, Father, we, we cry out to you for our persecuted brothers and sisters who we will live with for eternity on the new earth. Lord, we ask you to give them great discernment to know who they can trust and who they can't trust, to know where they can go and where they can't go, and when they can move and when they need to not move. And Lord, I, I ask for... Uh, your people in Iraq and in Syria, Lord, that, that you would protect your people, that, that your church would not be extinguished, that, that your light, the light of your kingdom, would not be completely snuffed out in those countries as some are trying really hard to do. And Lord, I, I pray for your people who are facing martyrdom, that you would give them strength to stand up and, and not to deny you, but to be faithful to the end and to receive the great honor that you give some of them to be martyrs for your name. In Jesus' name. As if you've read Hebrews 11, you understand that martyrdom is, is probably the greatest honor 
that the Lord can give someone on, on the earth. As it, it talks about in, in Hebrews 11, those who were cut in half and those, uh, a lot of other things. And, and it says, the world was not worthy of them. That's what it means to be honored by God. For him to say, <laughs> I, I took you home because the world was not worthy of you anymore. Yeah, pray for our, our persecuted brothers and sisters. For strength for them, for protection. Now, I was, I was headed to Deuteronomy 11 and 12. And I, I have the Bible that I used to use back in 1996 that my, my favorite dog, uh, he once chewed this Bible in half and I sent it to the penitentiary in South Dakota and they rebound it for me. <laughs> and I, I wrote all these notes in, in this Bible And uh, in the caption here at the beginning of chapter 11, it says, Vision for a New Church. March 1996. And uh, Billy reminded me of this uh, this morning. Uh, you know, we're, we're not the only ones thinking about solemn assemblies these days. Uh, some of us participated in the one that was called by Anne uh, Graham Lotz back in, in July. There, there were a number of people who participated in that. But uh, Governor Jindal of Louisiana is, is calling for a solemn assembly in their state. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and I, I have to tell you that I, 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 uh, I should have done a little bit more fact-checking before I said something on Wednesday night. Um, I, I said that pornography was the largest export in, in dollars of America. It's, it's not. I, I wish I could find where I had read that, but the U.S. is is the largest exporter of pornography. It is not our largest dollar export. So I just so you don't pass on a bad statistic. I don't want you to continue to walk around with that. Well. I'd like to go into Deuteronomy 11, and we'll, we'll read a section of it, probably the first uh, 12 verses to begin with, because I, I don't know how far we're going to get today. Love the Lord your God, and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. His majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to the whole country. What he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, 
how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them, which means he killed them, he wiped them out. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the desert until you arrived at this place. What he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab the Reubenite, when the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all Israel and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belonged to them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your forefathers to give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So, the first part of that passage, I think, is, is primarily a reminder to all of us to remember the things that God has done for us. To, to you and I, individually, it's... It's an instruction for you and I to remember the things that God has done specifically for us. It's, it's a reminder for us to write those things down so that we don't forget those things. And having written them down, to go back and look at those things, to remind ourselves... And then secondly, to teach those things to our children so that our children understand what God has done for their family, okay? That's, that's a really important thing. That's, that's what the whole part, first part of that passage is about. And... And again, I'll, I'll make a plug for, for journaling. Journal the things that God has done for you. Journal the prayers he has answered. Journal the things that he has spoken to you. Because otherwise, you will forget, as you are human. And, and we all have a tendency to forget. And then you're just sitting there and you're praying and, and you're trying to thank God for all the things that he's done for you and you can't remember anything. Well, God, I know you've done a lot, but right now today I just... I hate to tell you, but I can't think of anything that you've done for me. That's a really bad place to be in the place of prayer. That, it does not get you very far. So don't, don't come to the Lord empty-handed because <laughs> we, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So if we've written those things down, it's easy to look at them and be reminded. Because we want, especially the next generation, to know why we trust God. 
Why, why have, have we gotten to the place where, where we can live in faith or how have we gotten to the place where we can live in faith and see the things that are not as though they are and, and the things that are as though they were not? And, and how, how can we live in peace at, at a time when all things around us would, would cause us not to be at peace? Our, our kids need to know how that's possible for us. And, and this, this goes back to what I was saying about the warfare that we're in. Because the, the, the warfare that we're in to, to get us out of, of this place of rebellion and disobedience to the place of, of hearing God and obeying Him quickly and fully, that... That is, I, I, I got to be honest, that is, that is the lowest level warfare there is. But, but it's, it's where we're at, okay? So there, there is higher level warfare that, that God wants to get a people to to battle more than just our, our individual wants and, and, and flesh and, and worldly desires. He, he wants to get us past that. And if, if we want to get into the authority that's needed for the higher level warfare, we've we, we got to win this easy stuff that we're in. Because... God really desires that, that we all be overcomers. And, you know, some people are going to be surprised when Jesus comes back. The, the letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, spend some time in those. Because those were all written to people sitting in churches like, well, they weren't because they, they didn't have churches like this for about 300 years. But anyway, they, they were written to the church. And read what Jesus says to those who don't overcome. Jesus said there, there were going to be people when he comes back who, who say, well, Lord... We, we healed people in, in your name. We, we prophesied in, in your name. And, and we, we did all these things. We, we went to church faithfully. We were there at least half the time. And, and Jesus says, what does he say? He says, I never knew you. Get out of here. Ooh. That's not going to be pleasant. Read the promises to the overcomers. You, you want to be an overcomer. So overcome yourself. Humble yourself. Be vulnerable to people who you can trust. And that should be our brothers and sisters in, in this body. We're, we're going to get to the place where we can trust each other, where we can be vulnerable with each other, where we can speak the truth in love to each other and get beyond just being nice to each other. Because that's what God wants. And, and that's, that's where I'm headed. That's, that's where God wants us to go. So <clears throat> I'm going to confront a few more things as we go because a lot of this wasn't in Deuteronomy 11. But part of what 
is being talked about in Deuteronomy 11 and 12 alludes to the higher level spiritual warfare that the Lord has for the church. Because as the church in the wilderness, as the, the people of Israel had to cross the Jordan and, and they actually had to go and fight and drive the other nations out of the land. Those, those other nations are, are a picture of the principalities and, and the evil forces of darkness that need to be driven out of the land that we are in. And the, the sad reality for us is that until we become overcomers, until we learn to win the spiritual warfare battles at the lowest level, overcoming ourselves, we can't even get into that fight. So we, we, we've got to take this seriously and we, we've, got to, we've got to get there. Because... Jesus is waiting. He, he would like to come back. But there are some things that the bride needs to do to get herself ready before he can. So, onward. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. Anything that is born in the flesh has to be maintained in the flesh. And whether it's in the church or outside the church, okay? If, if you want to know why most church leaders in, in America are, are on the verge of burnout, it's because too much has been birthed in the flesh and it's got to be maintained in the flesh. And it's their flesh that's, that's got to be maintaining it. This, this mixture stuff, we, we don't want to birth anymore. We, we don't want to birth any more programs, any more stuff that's, that's the flesh. That's what is being talked about here. When, when you were in the world, everything you did was birthed in the flesh and it was maintained in the flesh. And, and that's just the way it was. You know, you, you broke up the sod, you planted the seed, you had to water it yourself, you had to harvest it yourself. It, it was all yours and you had to do every bit of it. That's, that's what the Lord's saying here. But he has something better for us. And that's what he's about to say. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Now, there's, there's a really critical truth in the first part of that little passage that I read. The, the land that the Lord would have us go into
Let's see, where, where are we at here? It's a land of mountains and valleys. Okay, I, why don't I see that up there? Which verse? Yes, mountains and valleys. See, in, in America, we, we like to be in control. <laughs> Here's that thing again. We, we, we want our spiritual journey to, to be like this. You know, in our linear uh, Greek thinking, we, we, we just want to be on a trajectory onward and upward. And, and God is too smart for that. Because we need mountains and valleys. We need times of good, times of pruning, times of trusting, times of crying out, times of seeing the Lord do the thing that we cried out for, that we needed, that we didn't have, that we couldn't possibly get on our own. But he came through, and we need more of those. Because our faith muscle grows when it's exercised. It, it doesn't grow when things are like this. In fact, it gets weak and flabby. In, in America, we, we think that, you know, we, we have insurance on everything. We, we have unemployment insurance. We, we have, uh, what's the little duck, the... Aflac, we, you know, nothing, nothing can take us off this course. Don't believe that. Because the Lord, he, he wants to be with us in these times. And he wants to be with us in these times. And we need him with us in these times. And especially... See, there's some bad theology out there that that our lives can be victorious and have no problems all the time and and we can have what we want and and God will just give us anything that we ask him for all the time. How how do you think that's playing out in Syria right now? Or Iraq? Or India where persecution is really ramping up right now? You know what Jesus said about, you know, the Tower of Siloam that that fell down and and killed some people in Galilee? Do you think those people were any worse sinners than you? And unless you repent, same thing may happen to you. We, We can't judge a person's spiritual condition with the Lord by their external circumstances. Look at Job. I'm reading a book on Job right now. Uh that I'll probably end up teaching on it at some point. But 
this guy, Bob Sorge, he, he has been studying Job for many, many years. And he's, he's written this book uh, about Job. Uh, we, we know that Job was a righteous man. We, we like to think that, that God does not bring valleys on anybody. Well, who brought that on Job? Well, it was the devil, but whose idea was it? Look at the book. Satan is, is there uh, before the Lord, and they're having a conversation, and Satan is complaining about something. And the Lord says, well, have you considered my servant Job? See, sometimes in order to be seriously promoted, the Lord will allow someone to go through a time of exceeding pain and apparent injustice. Because that's what happened to Job. I mean, you, you want to talk about mountains and valleys? I mean, that, that was Death Valley right there. But in the end, Job was promoted. He, he had become broken. And, and he, he understood the, the sovereignty of God in, in a way that only someone who, who went through the, the horrible ordeal that, that he went through, yet faithfully, Only someone who passed such a horrendous test could, could be promoted the, the way that Job was. And sometimes, I think many times, the thing that can take us out of the opportunity for promotion is self-pity. Job did not fall into that. Yes, he questioned God for what was happening, but, but he never questioned who God was. There's a big difference. And we need to, as, as we go through mountains and valleys and more mountains and valleys in, in this land that the Lord has brought us into, which is his kingdom, We, we need to learn to receive from him what we're given. And to continue to trust him 
through the mountains and the valleys. And as, as we do that, our faith will be strengthened. And, and we will show ourselves ready for promotion. And the church in America desperately needs people who are ready for promotion in the kingdom. We, we desperately need people with greater spiritual authority. And it, it does not come painlessly. And if, if you want more in God's kingdom, then you be faithful with the little that you have. That's the way it works. Because if we're not faithful with, with the little that we have, what did Jesus say? Even that little that you have will be taken away, and he'll give it to somebody else who, who will use it. And specifically, he was talking about revelation, but it can apply to more than that. So, I want to at least finish that verse. A land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It's a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. And what that said to me back in 1996, that was a picture, drinking its rain from heaven, of being fed by the Spirit of God. And I wrote something else in, in the margin that in 1996 I didn't even have understanding of, of what I was writing. But to be fed by the Spirit and led by God into fullness. You see, there's... There's a difference between passivity and receiving from the Lord what is given with gratitude. There's, there's a couple of different ways that we can respond to mountains and valleys. We, we can just resign ourselves that, you know, that sometimes it's going to be good, sometimes it's going to be bad, and God just whatever. Okay? I give up. Huh. I, I can't be in control, so... I just don't care what you do anymore. I'm, I'm just along for the ride and just whatever. That is not the right attitude. That, that is not the attitude that will prepare us for promotion. It's not the right attitude that will allow God to bring us into Fullness. You see, Jesus, or actually John the Baptist, was, was saying 
this to his disciples one time who who came back to him and they were they were kind of complaining because everybody was going to Jesus and his crowds weren't very good anymore um so if you remember what John the Baptist said, he, he said, a man can only receive what he is given from above. And that, the revelation of, of that verse has, has truly at times kept me going in, in doing what I've been doing for the last seven years. Because Jesus said he would build his church. I don't have to build it for him. And if, if I try to build it for him, then I'm getting back to that built in the flesh and maintained in the flesh thing, and I definitely want to avoid that at all costs. So if I only have to be responsible for what he gives me, then I can handle that because he, he brought it. And that must be our attitude as we go through the mountains and the valleys. We, we must receive with joy the valleys. It, it's possible. Uh, there's plenty of examples in, in the Word of people who were able to do that. Because we, we know there's going to be a bottom to that valley. And, and things are going to turn. They're, they're going to get better. But when, when you're on your way down, you, you can't just fail to receive what God wants to put in you in that time. It's like I've said many times that God does his best work in us when things are going like that. That as we look back and, and we identify those times when we grew the most in, in our walk, it, it was almost never one of these that it was almost always one of these. So we, we need to learn to embrace what God is trying to do in, in each of those time periods. It, it makes his work easier. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that some of the bottoms, we, we may not have to go down as far. Before the turn. But it, it really, it, it, it takes a, a serious understanding that God is good all the time that he is for you all the time he is smarter than you all the time even on our best day and he does everything with purpose And 
if, if we can grasp that, then I think we can embrace not with passivity and resignation, but, but with... Can I even say this? Joy and anticipation of, of what he's doing. I mean, yes, the, the answer is, is yes. Because Paul got there. He, he could rejoice in all situations. And, and there, there wasn't any but or except in, in his statement. So, what does this have to do with the church? Well, the church is, is to be full of people who have this revelation. And when we see each other in, in vulnerability going through one of these, we, we can encourage one another and we can strengthen one another. We, we can speak about how, how God got us through our last one of those and and what we received from him in in the process and and how he was faithful even though it was painful see god god's ways are higher than our ways his his thoughts are higher than our thoughts he, he knows what he's doing. And, and he has a plan for every one of us individually and is tailor-made for you. And his intent is for you and I, as, as we learn to work with him instead of against him, that, that he will actually bring us to maturity and fullness and, and make us overcomers. So that we can be promoted to, to getting into the real battle that, that needs to be fought. I, I think I better quit there. You didn't think all that was in Deuteronomy 11, did you? Neither did I. That time in 1996, uh, I, I had never received revelation like that before. The Lord was, it was right after the solemn assembly, and and the Lord was just downloading this stuff. As, as I was reading, it was just... I, I, I could hardly receive it all. But this, this is his vision for, for this church, I, I truly believe. So let's... Let's love one another. Let's let's be transparent with with one another. Uh, let's let's help one another through whatever it is that that we're going through. Father, I, I ask you to bring this about in this body 
Lord, that, that we would come to understand and identify your work in us and that we would come to cooperate with you quickly. Lord, I, I ask for uh, the hearts of overcomers to be given to us. Lord, help us to see victory in the spiritual warfare that we're in right now. And I pray that you would prepare us for promotion. so we can get into the real fight. Lord, heal relationships in this body. Build deeper relationships in this body. In Jesus' name, and for his glory, amen. Be blessed.